Hello and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's Grand Podcast. I'm Ivanka Magic. And my name is Michael Forrest. Uh, how's it going, Ivanka? How was your week? Uh, my week has been actually been very good. I have not been contracting, so that's been quite nice. So I've worked on projects I like Ooh. solely with no public service element or money or did money. you get money no i've got some money I've oh got some that's money. good uh, so better that's than good. i do most of the time when i'm doing uh, something i want to do i've got a bit of money uh not loads but you know and i've listened to some podcasts any highlights uh i enjoyed uh, i've learned something from ted danson he was on that mark maron oh, podcast yes. the wtf one that you recommended yeah which i now listen to periodically and he taught me that you can go, hey, Siri, wake me up in half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I learned. Uh, so now I do, hey, Siri, wake me up at 6 a.m. That's how I set my alarm. Nice. Uh, so I learned that. And I listened to Jessica Foster Q talking to the Irish comedian Ashling B. I hope you pronounce it Ashling. Yeah, she was just on Adam Buxton's podcast yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, she was. But I didn't listen to her on that because I'd had an overdose. I started listening to it. I was like, I'm sorry, I can't. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, but they were talking about food because Jessica Foster Q's got this podcast called Hoovering, which is about mm. food. And they were talking about food and they were talking about the environment. And I found myself agreeing with them. And they had a, they had a slightly different take on the food versus not food, which is nutritious food versus you know not nutritious food Fun food. so or... if you eat not nutritious food you're still hungry yeah so you need some nutrition yeah so hmm. i i enjoyed listening to them but i listened to jessica foster q on guilty feminist telling a story about how she basically didn't notice she was being mugged and i was laughing so hard mm. and crying with tears on the train that i don't think anyone would have mugged me afterwards because they'd have probably had me down as a loony <laughs> Well, uh, she did say the act crazy thing. That is the best way to sort yeah. of freak, you know, get people to rethink <laughs> doing things to um, you. But that that made me laugh. Uh, so yes, those are my podcasting highlights of the week. And yeah, that, how was your skiing trip? It was brilliant. I'm very very happy with my ski trip choice. I am now a ski goddess. Officially. And what changed? What? How did it? What was the development? Well, that the development that? was being taught. Uh, so I may have explained to you, and I don't know if I, it, it's, it's recorded anywhere for posterity. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a ski holiday purely for grown-up women who would like to improve their skiing. The presumption being that nervousness probably stops a lot of the. Uh, ski skills developing because standing on a on a steep slidey thing with slidey things on your feet you know that induces nervousness in in people (laughs) so she was a very very good teacher who had lots of tricks up her sleeve and uh, being on holiday with four other women that I didn't know was surprisingly brilliant Mm -hmm. maybe not surprisingly uh I think there's a lot more press around that women don't get on than there is the reality. And there's this misconception that if you put, you know, five women in a room together, they're going to end up bickering or something. But uh, I, I, in my experience, that's not strictly true. So I had a wonderful time with these with these women that I met. I had I learned some things, had some discussions. 
Um, and my ski, I've relaxed enormously about skiing. Okay. Uh, because I realised that the things that she was telling me actually work. <laughs> How did <laughs> so you? Like, uh, what did you change? Was it beliefs or was it just uh, breathing? No, no skill. Or skill. Just skill. <laughs> it's like, look, if you apply pressure on this foot, regardless uh, of how steep, you actually feel quite safe. Oh yeah, it's a bit like that. Ski Goddess. dot co. dot uk. <laughs> That's my little plug. Thanks, Katie. Um, oh, that's yes. the person. Oh, so Ski yeah. Goddess is a brand name. Yeah. Right, yeah. So that wasn't yeah, immediately clear to me. Oh, was it not? I hope she's paying us some money. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm hoping for a discount next year. All oh, right. So you get paid. <laughs> that's my angle. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll take half of that discount. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, so, yes. So that was excellent. I've got, um, I've got one more story. Go on, go on. Well, it's not really a story, it's a conclusion. A conclusion. Well, I was thinking about the whole pain, uh, childbirth being the example, the pain example, (laughs) the universal example of pain. Here's this thing that is the most painful thing, and when we talk about pain, we must always relate it to childbirth. Apparently, it's true. Apparently, that's what people say. And, But I, I see, I think that pain is one of the least defining features of childbirth. Childbirth's not about pain. So I'm not sure how I feel about the fact that this thing gets sort of the fact whether it hurts or not or how much it hurts is irrelevant almost because you're birthing a person and it's more about that than I did speak to to one other. I've done some user research. I've spoken to one other woman about my theory. (laughs) She's had two babies. I've only had one. So we're a big sample size. Uh, it's a very scientific conclusion. But I think that uh, in a way, and what made me think of this is because the, the the ski goddess instructor is 20 weeks pregnant and somebody had told, you know, somebody had been winding her up about how much it was going to hurt. And I was like, that's just not helpful, nor is it true. Mm. So I think this is another smash the patriarchy thing. Well, and, smashed. And- I'm going to just, yeah, and obviously, like, we, we've we talked about how pain doesn't really have, like, pain, it doesn't exist without context. And if the context is you're having a child, that's going to, like, affect your perception. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, I mean, this is definitely going to be worth it. Like, this yeah. is definitely a thing that we do, and it's fine. And I'm just going to say, like, in my, look, when I said it... <laughs> I wasn't picking on you. When you just, I said it, made... it, when I said it... I yeah. was uh, yes I was I was I was repeating something that someone in a position of authority had said to me and I did sort of say well that seems to be the thing and I wasn't just like buying into it but okay fine like but, but uh, enough yeah, of the I, childbirth I pain references maybe dull. maybe we should as well as the say no to straws and the get a keep cup campaign we should also have a start saying it hurts even more than passing a kidney stone, for example. Maybe that should be the new Nothing you know, does. de facto example. Well, there isn't anything. So there. So, I've had the worst one. Well, <laughs> there you go. So we need we need a new example. That's uh, my that's what I went needs up to, to 12. enter the vernacular. Well, yeah, we or just like doctors need to. I, I, we just need to stop taking doctors too seriously as well. Like as uh, <laughs> in the in the spirit of Larry David and and other comedians who. Other people, oh, these doctors are getting a bloody ride. <laughs> no, it's not true. They do some important things that I would not want to do. I was thinking, would I ever be a doctor? Oh, it's gross. It's so gross. I looked into it. 
but not till later. I think that my um, my my father had an aversion to things like blood and you know things things like that. So he was yeah, not. He was like, yeah, who'd want to be a doctor? So I think he fed that into my brain a bit. <laughs> so when I was about tw- twenty nine, thirty, I seriously looked into what would be involved with me becoming a doctor at that age. Wow, that would be a career. It's very tiring. Switch. I thought. <laughs> it's like I was. Yeah. A friend of my a friend of my um, sisters got run over by a lorry. <laughs> It's not like what over I her legs, you to say. she got her legs got run over. Fucking hell! And they had to. I mean, I won't go into details, but they actually, you know, they had to do loads of stuff. The paramedics. She was in hospital for a while, but she was walking again, like a year, and she climbed a mountain to sort of celebrate. And then she went into medicine after that, like a sort of like around thirties. Just um, I think she was probably so <laughs> okay. I owe so much yeah, to yeah, this. Yeah. I should do this. Like, but imagine so, that getting your legs squashed by like an articulated something or other, and then you know walking away and then getting fixed. Yeah, it's clever what they can do. These doctor people in it. It's uh, on the uh, so I was thinking about this this morning when I was walking to nursery looking at shapes. <laughs> uh, David Siegel tweeted at me and went oh whose sister is it that was that was studying medical um uh, medical policy or healthcare policy she was studying but mm. one of the th- things uh it reminded me of was i did i was part of some research project of quite a few years ago that was about helping people choose their doctor because now that's a big thing because we're customers of the national mm. health service and therefore we should have choices but then then they have to give statistics and measures to help you choose. And one of the things that becomes quite tricky is the fact that, for example, one of the things to look at if you're choosing your heart surgeon is mortality rates or recovery rates or things like this. Mm. But what that doesn't take into account is that some surgeons who might be highly experienced or may be more willing to take on a riskier patient, and that patient may be very willing to take the risk. But they will then buy out of just because that's the way it is, have a higher mortality rate than somebody who plays it safe, but isn't very good. Mm. For example, this is, I had this with a dentist. I was like, if this was a programmer, I would not hire him because he's just, he just doesn't want to take responsibility for anything. He just doesn't want to sort of like own what he's doing. He won't like commit to anything. I'm like, Look, I, I f- stop trying to make absolutely every decision my problem, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. be a professional be about expert. this. Yeah, you know, yeah, be, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think yeah. that that comes into my decision process. But yeah, you know, obviously you sort of want to know they're not just killing every single person they work on. That would be kind of no. cool as well. But yes, I agree. So I have that sort of like you're the expert. You tell me, and then I'll just be less stressed about it. into my stories yeah going to stories. so michael <laughs> now you may tell me about your week we um at the weekend we got very excited about how clever we were sharon and i um when we were making some popcorn we because the other week we bought these crisps 
and like they were kind of low quality crisps and all the kind of flavoring seasoning had fallen into the sort of bottom of the packet so so i kind of saved it all and then we put it on popcorn next time we did popcorn and it was bloody amazing <laughs> and we were thinking but we couldn't remember what kind of crisps they were so we thought well maybe we can replicate this we like buy a load of watsits and stuff and we'll blend them <laughs> And then we'll make the popcorn and we'll put the sort of blended powder on. We thought, ah, oh, we're so clever. I'm so excited for this. And, um, and then we did it. And it just it didn't work. It just oh, wasn't good. No. It was just all went into the bottom. And even like spraying a bit of oil on it just didn't stick. And it was just low. I was so disappointed. I thought, this is the future. We can have any flavor of popcorn. So we just need a, to find a, a source for sort of industrial seasoning in sort of reasonable quantities to start sprinkling on the popcorn. I've done Marmite experiments with popcorn. Oh, gosh, that sounds dangerous. Do you not like Marmite? No, I like Marmite, but I don't know how you'd get it to kind of evenly think... distribute. You just get like... Yeah. No, I think no. I think we googled it, of course, and uh, <laughs> it involved melting butter and putting marmite in the butter or in the oil or something. Yeah, and like it over. as soon as you got to do all this buttermilk, I don't like the. Yeah, I mean it's probably delicious, but I'm trying to sort of avoid pouring butter all over it as well. What's your oil of choice for making your popcorn? Well, um, you want a high smoke point. Yeah. Uh, but actually, at the moment, I'm just using crisp and dry because of its availability. Crisp but and we... dry is rapeseed oil, is it not? Oh, is it? I didn't even yeah, check. Yeah, I believe so. But that's that's actually not the the best one. Rice bran oil is the one that we kind of go for if we're trying to get rice the right thing. Rice bran oil. That yeah. sounds like a specialist shop visit. Yeah, usually it's not quite. Okay. It's not on the on the small in the small Tesco's. Uh, yeah, that's so got yes. a high. It's got a very high. But don't bother with olive oil. Don't be silly. You know, it's a waste of olive oil. Popcorn's the only snack we're allowed to eat on the sofa. What? Uh, embraced. Why are you talking? By the family. What? You're only allowed what? to eat one we snack on the child. sofa. Right, the child. It's easier I mean, to have a no snacks on the sofa policy except popcorn. That can be adhered to far more easily than, mm, yes, popcorn plus these kind of crisps. Best to say if you're eating or drinking, you have to sit at the table. Okay, all right. Except if Wet it's snacks. popcorn. I mean, no, no jam sandwiches, that's for damn sure. No, no. On my no. sofa. But uh, yeah, I don't know, like, I suppose the child doesn't want Bombay mix. Something I wanted to pick you up on was your trophy thing. Like your thing of not using a plastics trophy for something. Oh, yeah, go on. Because I'm like, if I win an award, I want that bloody thing to last forever. Why are you optimising for something that's throw away oh, by not goodness. using plastic? I don't know. It's too late now. I'll consider this next year. <laughs> I thought, why I you give me something a... that's going to biodegrade? Yes, oh, this is my you glory. You ask a very valid question, Michael. <laughs> yeah, this, 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 to... this trophy we're giving you will be dissolved within six months. <laughs> Come on, it's wood. Cool. It lasts ages. No, wood, I mean, wood is, is not too... It's pretty... Um, that'll fossilise. Yeah. Will okay. it? It'll live forever. I was fact. just saying it, hoping for a little laugh... But didn't happen. <laughs> fuck it and fuck everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, dear. No, yeah. and it, yeah, I haven't really got any. I'm just feeling myself again this week. Um, and I've even got some vitamin D supplements to come as well. That hopefully will give me a bit of a boost on top of that. I so thought, just after I thought the whole supplement industry was a load of shit. It is. Well, I mean, vitamin D you can pretty much. I don't like the idea of having to take any supplement, but vitamin D is pretty well, you know. There's the snake oil chart. We've got that. I'm pretty sure that's somewhere good on the snake oil chart infographic. 
Uh, vitamin D is like at the promising level, but Are not actually now? that high. Yeah. Well, NHS That's, recommend uh, that you give it to your small child and take oh, it. Oh no, it's that, it, no, it, it actually appears twice for some reason. Once vitamin in bullshit D, and once in good. <laughs> what, vitamin D for bone health is low. Vitamin D for general health it's is good. good. So yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, I did. Well, I did have one more story about my small child on the subject of feminism. I've got loads of stories, actually, but I, I just think I should, should ration them. <laughs> yeah, fine. But it wasn't really on the subject of feminism, more on the subject of having a small child. She very hilariously was walking around the house uh, yesterday with a Bob the Builder hat, a foam hammer, banging on walls, going, and the chimney's going to go here, and the balcony's going to go here. <laughs> <laughs> Really quite hilarious. Yeah, although um, you know, she you know, if you expose her to those like home improvement shows, she's gonna just have a hole inside that can never be, you know, just she'll have a sort of deadness inside that can never be fulfilled. It's, it's not the TV, Michael. It's it's the it's, it's the reality of being a small child with a house that's being done up. All oh, right. Okay. Sorry. I thought she was like referencing uh, referencing those shows. No, that's good no. then. I like that. No, no, it's a real life example. Good. That's um, awesome. But now she knows it made me laugh because I really really struggled to not laugh when she was telling me all this uh now she, she's picking it up as a, a funny thing to do to tell mummy mummy look at come and look at my building look i'm doing it again okay, yeah, yeah i'm funny look i'm like well it was funny once my segues into education what are we fucking talking about this week <laughs> Talking about education. Right. I'm slightly concerned. So, speaking as a mother yeah. and a, a parent, uh, I have some reservations about the current education system and how well that will prepare my child for a life where robots can do more. Mm. It does scare me, out. the idea of having a child. Like, that education thing, that school thing, is like... I don't, I don't know. There's anything satisfactory. No. But so yeah, what? So even as somebody, oh no, you know, I had, I think, what can only be termed as a pretty traditional education. Mm. I was quite fortunate in many ways that I had this Yugoslav element because they take it very, very seriously, and we learned lots of things and read lots of things, and my maths was terribly good at one point. Um, and then I did the whole degree thing and the master's thing. So I've, you know, I've got all lots of. Been, and they're MSc and BNG and these kind of like none of this arty farty bullshit that your Eastern European father's not going to sign off on. But I have looked into Steiner schools for my child. Which one's that? That's the child does whatever they like kind of education. <laughs> it's very uh, preform as far as I can establish and kind of. Uh, look down, you have to drink the Kool-Aid. Uh, I've been mm. reliably informed by another parent whose child does do Steiner, and she's she's a maths she's a mathematician. You know, so it's, I have this terrible thing where my big bias probably is to do with sciences <laughs> and maths. Mm. People that are good at maths must be cleverer than people who aren't. I don't know if it's that strict, but you know, like I'm respectful of people <clears throat> with a maths, science, physics degree type thing. Well, that was that was my 
I, I picked physics to study at university because I just thought that's something I need. I feel there's a lot of things that I care about that it feels like physics is the baseline for for it. And I'm yeah. never going to do that for fun. I'm never going to do that on no. my own back. I just need some, I need a structure. I need someone forcing me to do it. Everything else I'm interested in has that, has like a pull, has a thing that mm. makes me enjoy doing it. So like programming, music, sort of artistic things, like mm. even, you know, reading. Those are things that kind of are a bit more interesting it with the pleasure but it's a, you have to work a lot harder to get that kind of thing out of out of the sciences sometimes yeah, the, the physics degree thing i have to say um that in my experience of working with people with physics degrees most of whom i've that have not been working with because they are a physicist <laughs> mm. i've been working with them because they are a programmer or some sort of consultant blah, blah, blah. it does seem to lend itself well to just being clever and creative um, i mean i found it too too hard i mean it was very fucking difficult like wow. especially like so I, I feel like at school because I sort of coasted through it I never really got given the tools to actually kind of yeah, I didn't know yeah. how to learn so then when I was dropped into this I just didn't have the tools or the habits or the experience to know how to you know address it when it was actually difficult and I actually had to sit down and kind of try yeah. and figure it out it's, I think that's quite an interesting thing because at the moment there's lots of change you know how we were you're supposed to before you were supposed to tell your children how clever they are now you're not supposed to do that you're supposed to go you're supposed to reward them for effort and trying right. and go and there's an interest I will find I will listen to a funny podcast another podcast that referenced this woman that I've heard speak to she's a very sort of dry sounding American woman <laughs> so you may, it's quite quite amusing and you're like mm, do, you, do you ever cuddle are you allowed to cuddle your children but um but there's this kind of instead of going well done you're so clever you're supposed to go oh my god that must have been really hard well done for trying or keeping so it's that sign of okay. you're supposed to reinforce the because there's more and more argument to say that IQ isn't a thing and that yeah. if you if you work hard then anybody can do anything which you know I'm paraphrasing slightly I mean, but it's a bit more about effort and learning so but yeah I think there is a bit of a thing where because I think I wasn't dissimilar to you if I if I listened in school to my teachers I found that especially with my good teachers I found I didn't have to do a great deal of study outside of class this was yeah. in Yugoslavia when we, oh no, you know, I could easily knock out a high percentage on a test just from listening. Yeah. So this was something that I was, I was kind of like, you know, I was kind of branded a SWAT at school when I was young and like, you know, there was some bullying, you know, a lot of that kind of came in. And from my perspective, what I was doing was just the work that I'd been given. I was just doing yeah, yeah. it. I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not reading extra things. I'm not going out of my way to do it. I'm just like, they said you had to do this, so I did it. Like, what's, yeah, yeah. why am I, why does that single me out? Um, but yeah, yeah, like, if you're just paying attention, then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all I, I mean, that's my, and I, I did also have, and I think this is, so going back to Steiner, I know somebody who went to Steiner who has got a PhD in lasers or nanotechnology from cambridge you know so he's Excellent. and a degree wow. in physics from imperial so even though it has this hippie kind of away with the fairies the uh, thing about it stuff, stuff, i must find i must be able to i must learn to describe it more more, more usefully uh, but i think the basis is around play and i don't see why my five-year-old need will need to learn how to sit still and listen uh, i don't see how that's useful 
uh, yeah, it's, when it's, she's it's, five. It's, There's time for that later. We're training people to want to have lots of meetings, I suppose, aren't we? Yeah. With that sort of attitude. <laughs> and not <laughs> speak waste up. Everyone. Well, I mean, even that, yeah. Um, just that's, that's a lot of wasted time, isn't it? I, this may feel like a tenuous link, and I hope people can bear with me on my tangent, because I love a tangent. Uh, on the subject of a lot of this uh, news that's constantly coming up, and the the me too hashtag and all these sorts of things a lot of it uh, not a lot of it the and there's i've had some i had an interesting phone call in the week where a woman i used to work with phoned to tell me that she'd finally phone kind of complained about somebody who'd behaved very inappropriately at work and it was years later and i just thought well I don't I don't know why you didn't think you were allowed to do that before. You know, why why do you feel that you know what has happened and I don't I don't mean this as a as an as a personal accusation as much what in the way you've been brought up the way you've been educated has led you to believe that you can't go fuck you no you can't say that to me or you can't do that to me. And because I you know that I think that's one of the things with the with the emphasis on obedience yes i need my child to be obedient so that she can exist in society but she also needs to know when she doesn't have to be obedient or comply with people's instructions you know i i think there's a mm-hmm. and i i think there's something interesting about uh, how far your education takes you in teaching you the sort of like listen having respect for authority and that there's an order which mustn't be challenged and yeah. all that kind of shit because that is a part of school and you do need to learn when to go <laughs> no oh like you know you, you hear about these kid, you know little boys going to school in skirts on a hot summer's day because they've not been allowed to wear shorts but girls can wear short skirts you know that's the kind of shit i want to see kids doing Go so, no, that that is a bullshit rule. I don't agree, and here's how I'm going to protest it. Although I, I don't, still don't agree with shorts at any time. But well, I suppose <laughs> I I had to when it is New York when it's forty degrees. That's when I last wore shorts, and that was necessary. <laughs> I, I, I I like a good short me, uh, but uh, so also so this that... morning. Um, but that's that's exercise. So it's different. <laughs> See. So you've got to be careful about making sweeping statements. Sweeping statements. Pro and anti-short statements. <laughs> I don't know. But then I, I sort of think, I don't know where I sit on the whole. So I did do maths and I did have to do lots of practice because practice makes you better and better at maths. And then you understand it. Once you've got your algebra nailed, you can do loads more other things. You know, once you've got the basics sorted and you don't have to look them up and think about them. Um do I need that? How useful is it? Is it just useful as a as a brain exercise? Uh, I don't know. Um, that was the the revelation of programming for me because you know you do all this. I was doing so you did sort of like trigonometry and things at school, and you were like, why? And then suddenly I was trying to figure out how to program some sort of three D graphics or something, um, and I realised, oh, you need trigonometry for this. It's like, oh, this, I love it when something really kind of academic and useless seeming actually turns out to have a really kind of useful purpose that I can, um, you know, because <laughs> it, it's like, it's a lot of effort to get the hang of it. And then it's like, well, I'll never need that again. But then if yeah. you find a reason that, you know, it's useful, it's really fun. Well, I mean, it 
it's even simple things in like you know the volume how big is this wall i need to buy some paint how big is this room i need to buy you know like just being able to yeah. not have to look up how to work out the volume of a space in broad terms you know what i mean i you know there's people that ah oh, so i don't know and like your basic times tables or that saying that i'm not as you know my my mental arithmetic is uh you know i just can do uh, i'm a bit of a rounder up i've much preferred maths that involved letters and not numbers yeah yeah like maths numbers isn't yeah i mean i I suppose there is all that i never really got into all that sort of num. i never did any of that kind of number theory stuff that kind of that i saw the maths people doing it was all you know it's kind of practical maths for physics but i love that like imaginary numbers that a completely academic mad thing just turn out to be a factor in some quite important physics equations um that actually describe the world and help you put satellites in the sky and things moments where I've regretted not kind of following what I enjoyed a bit more or following Mm. a charismatic teacher a bit more because I've always had this I think from the education system this idea of this rigid this is this is a value worthwhile thing and this is a frivolous thing and you must sort of equally divide your time between x y and z and which just doesn't take into account that maybe your history teacher happened to be really funny which mine was um but that to me would have been a completely invalid reason to pursue history but actually like what could be a better reason to do something than that you happen to have a really good teacher of that subject and you know who we to but i suppose is it is it about kind of having more options in future but sometimes i kind of regret you know i could have been i could have studied music i could have like just gone all out on that and would i but maybe i would have regretted that a lot more um but i don't know because you know the stuff i make my money from i wasn't taught academically at any point um, well, I no. was, but they taught it like about 20 years behind the level that I was sort of interested in learning. Um, so, yeah, sometimes I kind of like regret going that kind of that really kind of dry because I, I struggled and I barely got my degree. Like and it was mixed in with some sort of other things, but I, maybe I should have done something I actually enjoyed. I even like <laughs> engineering rather than physics. I think I would have enjoyed a lot more because I could have made a thing. Yeah. Oh, here's a bridge. Here's a thing. I'm, I'm actually yeah, kind of like yeah. solving a real problem. Um, yeah. I think in, in retrospect, so I, there was no way I could have finished my degree. I think my fa- my father who did coerce me, however gently and pleasantly to doing, because I wanted to do maths and philosophy. And I was like, don't be ridiculous, maths and philosophy. What are you going to do with that? I was like, I could do anything if I did maths and philosophy. Anyway, but so I did engineering. And I think he was quite lucky, as was I, that I actually enjoyed it. So therefore, mm. working on it was not, because it's hard, it's hard work. It's a nine to five degree, at least, you know, in terms of, but... But I wasn't, I don't think I'm in any way especially talented or anything. The maths say, the fact that I'd got some good maths drills saved me. Um, so I could, so because one, after a while, electronics is just, 
it's quantum physics. It's like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> One of our lecturers, he'd stand at the front. I did like him a lot. Dennis Ryder, he really did put a lot of effort into trying to make it as engaging as possible on the subject of um, good lecturers. And he'd stand at the front and you're like, have we had this com- we've had that conversation about gravity and having conversations yeah. at the same um, level, like where mm-hmm. his gravity started and where as was, <laughs> like on planes apart. It's like, so hang on a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Can we go back here? So, um, yes, I found it, uh, it, it was hard. Uh, but I did learn at university because what I lacked, having come through the Yugoslav education system, you don't do exams, you're continually assessed. So you mm. either have an oral examination where the teacher literally walks in the classroom and goes, you, Blackboard, now answer this question. Or you've got written tests. And in the written test, you know they're coming, but they'll only ever examine a limited amount of... It is about knowledge, I think, and not mm. about... Uh, but I never learned how to do exams. So my A-levels, you know, there was a miracle I got any, frankly, because I had no exam technique Uh, at all. Who's, who's, we should like reference that industrialized um, education talk. I'm sure everyone in the world has bloody seen this thing by now, but that is it. Ken, yeah, Ken Robinson's "Do Schools Kill Creativity?" talk. Um, uh, that's something that we're, you know, we're probably referencing. And when we talk about sort of like industrialized education, the idea that, well, the fact that schools have been designed around like from Victorian times of factories yeah. and obedience and order and structure and repetition, um, which is just not really appropriate to the modern world. So no. that's why all these alternatives are perfectly legitimate and very sort of necessary. Well, in Brighton, I've been looking at forest school as another alternative, where school happens outside. What? <laughs> There's no classroom. You know what's what's wrong with that for a little and? Um... This might be a bit cold. <laughs> no such thing as bad weather. Just bad gear, Michael. Just bad gear. <laughs> yeah. It's true. How are you going to hold a pencil in a big? I don't think glove? there's much writing involved in forest well, school. How, how are you going to learn anything without? <laughs> well, a pencil? you don't have to when you're five. You don't need to know how to write when you're five. She keeps coming up to me with books, going, "Mummy, I can't read this." Yes, you're well, three. It's okay. That's my job. I can read it. I'm going to be suing this forest school for uh, brand um, <laughs> issues. <laughs> One of the most demoralising things that happened to me uh, in like higher education was when I was I was ready and I, I was I was kind of putting as all the effort in and it was coming up to a quantum mechanics module and that was one of the things that I'd seen in the sort of brochure when I was making a decision of which university to go to I thought yeah that's that sounds important and interesting um, and it finally comes to this and for for the first time I actually went managed to get to the library in time to get this book this was you know there wasn't you could, there was only books for this stuff and you could never get it out of the library it was always gone so I managed to get the book and I read through it and I as much as I could I got as far as I could until it was just really like I can't I don't know what I don't understand anymore eigenvalues eigen, uh, some weird <laughs> stuff and I thought hey I've still got the lecture I've still got the course and then when I went into that classroom and we, we had it the lecturer when he got to that bit of the book just sort of like glossed over it because he didn't understand it and mm. I just thought and I wasn't quite brave enough to stick my hand up and kind of call him out on it which I kind of wish I had but at the same, it was just for me was this kind of 
crystallization of the limits of an industrialized like there's got to be equal numbers of x y z and it doesn't matter if the guy teaching it is remotely interested in it or not we have to have this on the curriculum um and and then thinking actually there's probably not that many people alive that understand this in a meaningful way like how many people get quantum mechanics in the world it can't be that many (laughs) like so what's the point of just like just don't fob me off with this you know and that sort of plays into a bit of, I don't know, I talked to Sharon last night about this because she obviously works in sort of higher education and sort of see what she thought. And, and she deals with a lot of sort of student complaints. Students are now customers because everyone's yeah, yeah. got to pay for their education. And with that, there seems to be this expectation that if you buy this degree, you will pass it. Yep, I've heard this. And And that's really messed up. So they spend a lot of time kind of dealing with students that um, are complaining that they didn't get as good a mark as they thought they should, rather than... Whereas for, for us, it's like, no, you get... The mark is the mark. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. You can't, like, well, fight for a better mark. Well, you know I do this bit of teaching at, at the university on a, on a Tuesday morning, and uh, I've had... Uh, did I tell you, one of the students said to me, Along these lines, she said something like, "You know, you're one of you're our best teacher, and it's not because the others are shit." <laughs> <laughs> high praise, high praise. Um, but she, uh, because you know, they're complaining about people, and then, but then, on this week when we were doing some, because I'm teaching them on a practical thing, we're just doing a project, so I'm not sitting there teaching them the theory of anything really I'm taking them through steps in a project and one of them asked me a question and if she should do so I was like it's your degree you you know you don't want to do the work I said as my late father said to me it's up to you I can you know I've laid out the project you don't want to show up I'm not gonna put you know I've tried to make it as interesting as possible and tried to put some but um, you know it's it's up to you how much effort you put in it's baffling that people still wouldn't I mean if you're, you're paying for it if you're going to be in debt for the next two decades or <laughs> whatever, um, surely that should be a motivator to work really hard on it. But actually, it doesn't seem I, to be I don't for think some it reason. Is. Uh, well, so they're mad. still 19. I mean, yeah. you know, how you, you, we all go through. And I do think a lot of education, your attitude to it will go back to how your parents taught you about it and how or your or if you've got an inspiring teacher or somebody like that. Mm. I, I've, I've been lucky. I've had some good I've had some excellent teachers. I've had some, you know, not so good ones. But my parents were actively involved in conversations like history. Made me, You made me think of my father because he was massively into history, so he'd quite happily discuss it with you. So it wasn't this dry thing where on this date such and such happened. He was massively into the why and what steps led up yeah. to that and what were the consequences of that. And so you could have a conversation with him about it and he made it interesting. Um, mm. We, but we, I had a basic rule. The the basic rule in my house was, uh, you can pretty much do whatever you like, as long as your grades don't drop below sort of a C B average. But then I had freedom. That was like my my ticket to freedom was doing my homework. So mm. yeah, you can go out. Of course, you can go out to a gig. Of course, you can go out on a school night, whatever. As long as your grades stay right. Though I wasn't allowed out on a school night. No, you weren't. No, not even, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> but then I cleverly went away to school in Mostar. So my parents weren't there to see me. But again, as long as the grades 
kept coming you know I could demonstrate that I was doing enough work to have the grades and it was like just but it was kind of my that was my job my job was to do well at school hmm. like you said people give you things to do and you were doing it not because you were both but because <clears throat> that's the deal and it's done done <laughs> yeah that's the deal somebody's asked you to do something <laughs> you're at school that's your current job yeah something that's like a much more modern skill is you know I, I kind of got into my um programming profession partly I just realized yeah, you know, to know anything, you just have to know how to look it up. You just have to know how to learn it. Like that's yeah. the only thing you have to do. Like just okay, yeah, I can do this, and I'll just and that's ninety percent of my existence now. It's like oh, how do you do this? Well, you know, all things cool. I've never done before. Um, well, in this particular way, like there's obviously principles that you kind of learn, and and that can be part of academia. Um, but yeah, sort of like these sort of specific things like, that you would be asked in a test, which you couldn't google anything which I, I think there's less of that now isn't there this sort of completely sort of um you've just got to do everything from your brain well no i saw i saw this linkedin conversation this week where somebody's gone in so his daughter's gcse computer science option or maybe even a level option has no practical element it's all tested in an exam i mean uh, what yeah, like, so there's no the coursework element because they're so worried about cheating. <laughs> what is yeah. programming but if it's not practical? Yeah, no, no. What? How could you possibly... Like, I can't... You need an idea. You need to try a thing out and then you need to try and make it work and then the passing it is... It works. Yeah, <laughs> it's like... like <laughs> I've, I don't know. I think. Um, well, to some extent, you know. I mean, we if had... it still works when you make a change to it, then that's really you know step level two. My uh, electronic engineering degree. Believe it. Did I tell you I did electronic engineering? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't. Well, no, I did electronic. Engineering. But the the programming bit was the easy bit. <laughs> Genuinely, that was the bit where you could do the project. You knew you could do the project because it was logical and you know you could just work through the code until it compiled. La la la. Easy compared to most of the other shit which is that programming is great because you work through it and you get lots of little rewards along the way um you get to each thing sort of incrementally work and you get to feel clever at every step of the um of the journey apart from when you get if it's a bit too hard and you just get super frustrated and give up but you know that's what separates the wheat from the chaff there's a great line in the West Wing where Rob Lowe's character says that he thinks schools should be cathedrals and like they should be the, the same way that the military budget gets spent on these enormous battleships and expensive weapons and all this research. The education system should have that kind of investment in it and you should come in and it should be fucking... It, enormous and amazing yeah. and inspiring and expensive like how yeah. what how would we get to that vision of education like obviously free like anyone obviously. that's interested in learning why that's the most absolute like charging for education is the most offensive thing that anyone's done for a long time isn't it it is it is. I'm just I'm, thinking about it now. Yeah, you went to war, fine, but you started charging people for education. That's fucked up. That is how many knock-on effects do you think that's going to have? Like not yeah. having an educated, you know, population. Because it's in nobody's interest. That's the thing. 
that I, if you choose the best mathematician out of 10 people, that whilst they might be brilliant, that you've got a much higher chance of, you know, finding the the best mathematician chosen out of a hundred or a thousand or a million people is far more likely to be the most amazing mathematician than one out of a random sample of 10. If you limit the pool that you're choosing to educate, then it's a gamble, a massive gamble for society, I think. It's like a short-term saving for a massive long-term, like, what do you call it? There's technical debt for code. What do you call it for educational debt? Just, that's, is it directly responsible for Brexit? Yes. Yes, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) but that's because i think but then there's all these other interesting things going on in society at the moment because so my mother my starting point for for rethinking education as somebody who believes that education should have an element of you just do it and no you do have to practice that and yes no i know that bit's boring but stick with it it will become interesting later um why I'm looking at alternative ways of educating my child is because I think the workplace, the world is going to change and there is no point perfecting being good at something that a robot can do or a computer or whatever. And what is, what is, how does school, how much did school tell us about what work is like? It didn't. No, no, but should it, you know? Should it just be about you know, developing your brain, learning yeah, how to think well, critically? Go, huh? You know, how much cri- of it is? How much of it is because it makes you good at work, and how much of it is for I don't know, just general social reasons? I don't know. I don't know. But I think as a baseline, it would be good to kind of make sure that it was kind of covering that work thing, wouldn't it? At least, yeah. like, I just, I just remember getting, uh, like, when I was like seven or something, having a really enjoying working with someone else on a project, and then getting told that that was against the rules, and like, it's no, that that's the core of yeah. work, of like existing in society, working with other people, and you're actively discouraging it. That's so, that's so messed up. I don't understand. That's true. I think you. I like think you've mentioned individualistic people, yeah. education is is a real weird thing, isn't it? Like, yeah, and it's important. I mean, my I I did enjoy my degree for the fact that it was it was very practical, and we had lots of practical projects, and I believe it did prepare me for the workplace. We had a lot of things that mm. we had to do as groups, and then you'd have the usual, you know, one person one person slacking or the person who never shows up mm. or whatever, and then you have to resolve all that, and we had to do presentations and blah, blah, blah. So there's quite a lot of practice and deadlines and stuff that That's I think is I never, important. I, I don't think that was part of any of my education, really, like collaboration. Well, I mean, my, <laughs> That's probably why I'm so de- bad at it. Like, what? I'm just not good at it, like getting other people involved i'm just i I feel like i've been really kind of honed into this individual that you know i had uh, one person that i was on a team project with who chose that moment in life to start really experimenting with acid (laughs) (laughs) and he came he came to one of our like group meetings talking about because we were doing all these like fourier transforms and all these this maths that was just hard incomprehensible really to to mostly and he's going oh yeah you know i took some and then i thought about it and he started doing, i was like just fucking do the thing that we've asked you to do <laughs> stop talking about what your your experience of fourier transforms on acid thank you <laughs> but um yes when the uh what is it called the the luxury 
automated communism. What's the thing that's coming? Luxury automated communism. Yeah. That's when... Uh, luxury or... Yeah. Fully automated luxury communism is the thing where computers do everything and therefore we just have to focus on, you know, we we get money to live, but, you know, we get we get everything we need and then we just have to focus on entertaining ourselves. So I think in the worst case scenario, you get a wall-e type thing where everyone's just fat. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's been the most realistic but terrifying vision of the future I've seen. But that doesn't it mean that, like, do, do we not still believe that, like, artistic pursuits are then kind of the goal of all of this? Well, um, they, they, they but, must, creative pursuits must be. But we need to feel useful, though. Like, it's horrible not feeling useful. Well... Well, <laughs> Sussex did this clever thing 20-odd years, I think quite long, maybe even 30 years ago, where they made the computer science and psychology were the same department. <laughs> so it was COGS, not... Yeah, um, that's why they had a good... I always looked at their kind of AI-type yeah, courses so, thinking, yeah, I could do that, that'd be good. So Maggie Bowden was... Because when I did my master's, we could go and see other lecturers, and she's like one of the world's leading... I think I think she's a, she's an AI philosopher, so she's an expert in AI, but she's mm. primarily a, a philosopher. And she makes she just you go and watch her speak, and she makes you think. And I I um I just read this week on it popped up somewhere in my timeline that she said you know computers AI will never have the creative uh, skills of the human brain. I hope well. I'm not paraphrasing wrongly, but she's like yeah AI is all very clever, but it's not. It's not. It's nowhere near ready to be to be a replacement well, for humans. Well, it was. It was supposed to be twenty years off, twenty years it's ago, when I was um, reading about it, and um, that. But I don't think there's any reason to think that machines couldn't be just as creative as us. But the the, the thing is that in order, they, their experience has to sort of, for it to make sense to us, their experience has to mirror our experience, which it won't because they, they're kind of, fast at different things. Yeah. But if you have, a, so I think like a pre prerequisite for kind of a creative AI that we can get anything out of is something with two arms and two legs and a head and that grew up and you know, yeah. that, <laughs> or it's <laughs> um, not bullied at school. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. it's how do you mm. you can't just conjure that out of no, but then maybe you can just scan a million brains and extract the experience from all of those brains i actually got some ai working this some machine learning working this week which i was Ooh. quite proud of i've got this project in mind well yeah i got this tensorflow working which is google's thing I, there's this youtube series that i'll link to of kind of showing you how to get going with it um sort of practically and actually kind of like it's got actual readable code which most of this ml sort of open source stuff is just horrific like just completely opaque naming no comments no explanation of why anything's because i think they don't really understand what why it's working half the time but i've got this idea of um i just want to make a little mini uh shazam for my own songs for when i'm playing live that can just recognize what percentage of what song i'm mixing into what other song and like use that to drive something interesting mm. i was quite pleased that i got that that's the first time that i've got I managed to get like a little um, one of those style transfer examples working where it kind of takes a famous painting and a photo of you and kind of puts you in that style. And if you've seen that, it's great. Ostagram. Well, so what about the fact that uh, people's 
access to education is no longer the sole like there's not such a bottleneck of the library and the school anymore there's so many more ways to learn things than there ever ever been and it's there's so many more sort of appealingly presented courses and like contact with people that i think that you know the sort of formal state um education system is sort of like it's getting lazy because of the fact that you know the internet I really don't know. You reminded me of, of, a, of a thing one of my friends from A-Levels uh, said about... We, we, we knew these sisters who their parents gave them loads of freedom. They could pretty much do, compared to us, who had to do our homework and all that sort of boring stuff. They were quite sort of free and, and cooler, <laughs> I think is the expression <laughs> I'm looking for. Um, but then he said of them, he's like, given them all that... They've, give, they've been given all this freedom but nothing to think about. Right. And, you know, if you're... You, you do need to direct a person... You know, you've, you've mentioned uh, having a history teacher who was really interesting and really fun and made it really engaging. And then you've mentioned, like, the fact that if somebody... Like, this code, this open-source code that's not commented well and opaque and all mm. that. It's like, if you can't explain something in an engaging manner, it probably means you don't actually understand it. Mm. Um, and so there's this kind of like the things that bringing somebody into the world of things you're interested in is re is actually quite satisfying you know yeah. and it's kind of like look yeah. this is a really exciting thing come and see and so and, and yeah here's why you have to learn this boring stuff yeah, because yeah, yeah. then you get to understand this thing and then you get to make one of these yeah, yeah. like that <laughs> it's like it's like with these uh, students that i've got they're running ahead doing like the, the three steps ahead on the project I'm like, hang on a minute i've designed this project with these steps and you might feel like it's wasted. and then we did a thing on tuesday where i think they you know they kind of it clicked why i'd asked them to do the thing I don't, you know, it was mm. like, oh, I see. I was like, see, you know, I know it might feel a bit dull, but let just bear with me. That's the game. This is where you get to play. You're at university now. Uh, but it's the same watching. I was talking to my mum about this yesterday. It was my child running around the house with this whole, we'll put a chimney here and a balcony here. It's your, your small child absolutely reflects the things that you're interested in and you take the time to help them become interested in. So we've got other children in the group uh, there's two of them whose mothers are artists and those children my child hasn't hasn't yet drawn a face that is recognizable as something something with two eyes and a you know she doesn't draw she pretends to write so she does all these tiny squiggles Whereas these, the, the daughters of these two women who are artists ages ago had started drawing fake things that were recognisable as some sort of a face. Because mm. I am not, that's what their mothers are spending time doing with them. I'm not, I'm yeah. spending time with my child, you know, writing, you know, I don't know what I do with her. We don't do a great deal of drawing because that's not a thing that I do. So she can find letters on a keyboard, like she knows which one's the first letter, but, you know, you know she she does the things we do a lot of listening to music and dancing and but do, they reflect this thing that you're interested in and one of the things where you said if I'd have let myself follow the things I'm interested in I, I don't know where you find those unless somebody draws you towards them I don't know how yeah, much of them a pool are like, of inspiration you, you do. can't just kind of like find it randomly just randomly yeah, that's a, 
And there was this really interesting article I saw in the week um, about the fact that some uh, failing school, I've definitely saved the link for this one, a failing school <laughs> somewhere in England uh, has uh, instituted a thing where the children have to do music classes five t- five times a week. And that yeah. is the, the thing that has made, had the most impact on their improvement overall. Uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't read the science or theory as to why, but I had to do music. I ha- I played the accordion, very uncool, mm. but I had to practice. My parents made me practice and I cried and I objected. But once I got good, the, the feeling the first time I was able to play yeah. music for myself, yeah. just because I was in a bad mood and I wanted to play something and I was like, oh my God, it was worth it. <laughs> you know, even though, you know, I'm not some... I was never, ever going to be a talented musician, but I could certainly learn how to read some music and play the thing that I read. You yeah, know, that feeling of being able to know that you can like conjure up something from nowhere yes. on a it's on an instrument, it's brilliant. Sit down. It's wonderful, and it also teaches you a lot about. I don't know. It's, it's it's difficult in a sort of weird way that I feel like applies to a lot of things. But, mm. um, yeah. machines don't just decide to destroy us i think um what i'd love what i can my sort of vision of humanity's progress is in each individual has the world's best teacher right in front of them on demand who will who will just educate them very well on anything and they will kind of know the child and and this is you know an ai bot as we would call it now but you would have your teacher and they would know you and understand you and know what you like and teach you things and be able to sort of spin up you know interactive visuals and anything that is needed or you know branded with whatever toy franchise you're currently obsessed with and like just like absolute maximum engagement with this because education when it's someone when it's good when it's a good teacher is just you just really just want that and if every single individual human had that wonderful teacher that cared about them and could kind of shape how they explain things to your individual understanding. I think that's how we would like transcend and move to a sort of higher level of, of society and, and understanding. And I would love to, yeah, that's kind of what I want from all of this. But they may just go, yeah, just can't be bothered. Let's just destroy them. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying, that, that is such a fantastic uh, idea. But I, I don't want to come in with the, 
So, Michael, who was your worst teacher? <laughs> like, I, feel, I feel like this is this argument, this conversation about education is missing balance, but I don't, I'm not sure I care because I do think it's important if... Um, and I don't. I don't think I want to. I don't mind going into to delve into the into negative it. aspects of education. The sort of. <laughs> well, why don't people? What what turns people off? What makes a bad teacher? I think we can explore. I mean, I don't know. Like, what makes a bad teacher is they've got a hangover and they don't really know the material and they just have to do it because it's, it's they a job. drew the short straw for this one. <laughs> yeah. Like it's someone that's just doing it. And they don't care really, and maybe they're not that smart. I don't know. <laughs> but can you imagine the energy that would be required all day, every day to constantly be tr inspiring? That's really hard. You know, I did this course last last term. I did it last year for a term as well. And I put loads and loads of energy in and none of them did any work. But I got really uh... good feedback. And she was like, oh, they loved you. You were so inspiring. I was like, yeah, maybe they enjoyed listening to me talking in an excited way <laughs> about stuff. But I didn't really see any great projects come out of it. So, mm. I, you know, I, I obviously didn't meet right. my objective to teach them something so I've changed it this year but but again you know just being enthusiastic for sure short periods of time is because that's what it takes a lot of personal energy to be inspiring but can you not just day. plant good seeds does it, you don't have to be like hands-on the whole time do you can you not just don't, this is uh, I don't I really don't I don't I don't know like I'm trying to think about my my best teachers um I don't yeah I don't know I'm trying to pick them off the uh, the. Uh, I've had some good teachers. I know it's usually because they just the, the way they're talking about the thing shows that they care, and they care that you yeah. understand. But I've also had some funny teachers who've done things like I had this uh, math teacher, and I was we used to have to do these worksheets. And as mentioned previously, thanks to my you know Yugoslav education, my algebra was pretty top notch, and I did this worksheet. She had it back together. Madam got ninety eight percent. I was like. Oh, fuck have I done wrong just doing my worksheet <laughs> fuck off <laughs> it's like, uh, but they uh, they uh, it's that kind of like snidey and I mean they can't like you're not going to like every kid are you? well yeah the teachers are people and they're human and yeah when you kind of think that there's the hierarchy then it's hard to Does this, uh, understand my, you know, my mum's a teacher and she she was teaching in a school um, further down the coast and uh, one of the she used to teach she used to teach German and uh, one of the French teachers confiscated a kid's mobile phone in class and I think very amusingly changed the language of the phone to French before she returned it the parents came in and complained <laughs> that the teacher had like done something some human rights were mentioned god knows it's like <laughs> oh come on that is funny one of the reasons was like should we be examining the ne negative aspects of maybe we should end on that high of imagine a future yeah. where everyone gets their perfect teacher but you know politically school the cuts that schools are experiencing at the moment are phenomenal mm. and they're just like you know kids the, 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 you can't, but to what end i don't understand to stupid. what end so to stupid. what end do you think there is a like do you think there is a that that guy that we saw at meaning that sort of said he thought there was a bit of a conspiracy to it well i can't there must something's going i mean what what to what 
so I just don't understand the logic of not educating your own people and also preventing experts for from immigrating. It's like, <sighs> well, what the fuck? Who's gonna do? What, what do we? Wanna... What is the plan? Let's <laughs> burn it. <laughs> yeah, so like... you want to be in power? Is it like? And surely it can only if it was a conspiracy, <laughs> then it can only be to preserve power, your own power. But like, how long? I mean. You're gonna Over die what? pretty soon. So <laughs> then what? Like, what, what? It makes no sense. No. And yeah. Don't... And over what? Like what? It's like your power you, over a failing economy with no, like you know, it's just ridiculous. You know, we go from being we already export a lot of. Um, oh, I don't know. I I don't I don't understand it. And then this week I was reading this thing about the school dinners debate. So the Tories yeah, are trying to do something it. with the free school dinners, and then but they've protected Northern Ireland's kids because obviously they've got to pay the DUP back somehow. And then and it's like a you know on, on what planet are we going to not feed hungry children? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't. No fucking sense. Not I just don't. It's not that it doesn't make any sense. I mean, if you really hate the poor that much, then be more. Be completely blatant. Then fucking kill the. You know, get rid of it all. Just go out and. It's like I, I, It just doesn't sit well. It's like that thing about benefits. If you have more than two children, then you, you can fuck off. You don't get. It's like one of my friends said. So what if you got four children? Does each child get one shoe? <laughs> you know, yeah, like... I just think I just think we've got to sort of look at taking all of these kind of like um, taking all of the are you eligible for this or that out of the equation, haven't we? It's just got stupid. Totally, it's like you know my thing is it's and it's not like having free school dinners is something that any child is going to celebrate. Woo, lucky me! I'm so poor that I get to go and stand in a different queue. I've secret, you know. <sighs> free school meals but yeah they, look at this free gross bun i got <laughs> i love my i used to get my free dinners and i used to get my uh, a bun and then go to the chip shop so i'd give i'd someone i'd give someone i'd do i don't know i did i was up to some, some shenanigans <laughs> yeah so you got but you know it's like a just give because that was another i was speaking to a friend of mine who i think she stopped being a teacher after a while because she just it was just she couldn't handle it but and not in a negative, it was just too much for her. But they, um, but she taught in a primary school where when the kids came in, the first thing they had to do was give them all toast just to make sure they'd been fed because how on earth do you do you teach them anything if they're hungry? Like, yeah, don't, you know, we... I'm able to see but we're very high pitched then. <laughs> you're, going as, you're, you're, going, uh, you're going NHS description high pitched so, voice. It was so <laughs> incredulous that my voice has gone really high pitched. Oh, yeah, anyway, it's just so, yeah. You've got, you got to feed the kids and you've got to educate them. And then everybody lives in a better society where children... Cause it, and they're so quick to sort of go on about asbos and unsocial. Where we're afraid of hoodies and we're... Well, give them something nice to do at school. And then maybe they wouldn't be yeah, walking around looking school menacing. Absolute shithole where the, your teacher is ex just exhausted because they can't deal with the classrooms that are too big and like aren't getting paid enough and like what it's not difficult to see where the root of the problem is is it no puts put prioritize education um we might fucking get somewhere we might start getting somewhere 
Uh, if anyone's got any great ideas on how I should be educating my child, I've got about mm. a year and a half to make a decision. <laughs> so, <laughs> chop, chop. <laughs> well, yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see where you end up as well. Because I, I, I think there's the only way is something weird, isn't it? Like, I, that's my I, I get sad when I, when I hear about people going, like, start going to Catholic church because apparently the Catholic schools are so good. I'm like, well, that's depressing because they're all, they believe in all sorts of rubbish as well and they'll really be mentioning that although i was in a catholic school and they were they had to talk about you know buddhism and things and other things um <laughs> uh, and i always found that a bit incongruous though because they i mean they were really into into catholicism so it must have been like well what they must have it was like what well, i mean if you're teaching us this you can't be that serious about it can you like <laughs> it's tricky i am um, i did i've dismissed the idea of i think on a, on a technicality i could just about get away with declaring myself to be catholic as, and Don't it did cross it. my mind i was like Shall I? and i was like i just can't i can't be it's that just... much of a hypocrite you know i could be hypocritical about flying on holiday and claiming to be worried about the climate but you know going around and really pretending to be a devout catholic in order to get my child when, into catholic school so when it comes to actual measurable negative environmental impact sure you should be given a bit of leeway but when it comes to your beliefs and <laughs> yeah. reputation absolutely not. but i mean it just goes to show what's important doesn't it <laughs> I, i'm totally with you i totally agree but, but uh, i think my, i don't but, think but anyone this, should this is what i but th that thing that you said that the only way forward is going to be something weird and i do think that i weirdly i was like the, the like it it's it's helpful to be a bit weird <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you've got to fight the machines who are going to be all about logic if you can just go, huh? I never thought of that, did you? Because I went to yeah. forest school and then Steiner. And I believe in fairies. <laughs> if you like the podcast, <laughs> you can find us at grandpodcast.com and you can email us with your school tips at hello at grandpodcast.com. Where can we find you, Ivanka? I'm at Ivanka on Twitter and I have written an actual blog post for Ivanka.blog. I just <gasps> haven't published it yet. Um, mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, you can also find me at michaelforestmusic.com and at michaelforest on Twitter. And what would be really helpful is if you would go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I believe Podcast. it is now called, and give us some reviews and some stars, preferably five stars, because then the machine will promote us uh, with our wily creativity we can beat the robots <laughs> <laughs> and tell your friends as well yeah tell everybody everybody and tell us why if you do like it tell us why you like it that'd be helpful and if you think there's something we should do <laughs> well, better don't tell us because criticism is poison <laughs> <laughs> According to the school, I will be sending my child. <laughs> uh, good one. Uh, and, uh, All right. Yeah, that's it, really. Yeah, see you soon. See you bye. soon. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. Goodbye. Bye. bye.